Welcome back to the D2 Nation podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your co-host, Wayne Cavati, and joining me as always is the great Bethany Bowman. Welcome back, Bethany. Thank you, Wayne, and good to be back as always. Yeah, and I, I know what you're thinking, D2 Nation. You're thinking it's the football championship is in a couple days, and the two gentlemen that are joining us today play baseball? Yeah, a little weird, but we can talk football next week. It's too hard to pass up a chance to talk to a World Series champion. We're excited to have Wayne State alum and current MLB pitchers Hunter Brown and Anthony Bass join us today. Welcome to the nation, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. I appreciate appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, yeah, we're both. Yeah, we're glad that you both joined us. Obviously, we'll get to your big league careers in a little bit. Um, but we like to always start at the beginning of your journey, right? And that that beginning was obviously in D2. Um, Anthony, your your journey started first, so we'll, we'll start with you. You were a local Michigan guy, and you wind up at Wayne State in, in Detroit, and then eventually drafted. What was your recruiting process like, and then how did you wind up at D2? Yeah, so out of high school, um, I didn't get a whole lot of Division One offers. I only had one on the table from Eastern Michigan University, and uh, the other offer was from Wayne State, and I felt very comfortable on my campus visit to Wayne State, and I really enjoyed um, Jay Alexander, the head coach at the time, what he said to me, how I would be able to uh, have the opportunity to play right away. Uh, there was no guarantee that was I was going to be able to play right away my first year at Eastern Michigan, so I liked that opportunity, and I also was going to school uh, to be a dentist, and uh, Wayne State University had a dental program. Um, I, I did not go through with, with that. I ended up switching <laughs> to a business degree, but uh, those two things caught my caught my attention. When when you went to school, since like you went like dentistry is a very specific, you know, like I went to college, I didn't know what I was going to do. Did you have intentions of taking this to the next level, or was it kind of just I want to go to college and play baseball while I get my degree at first? At first, um, I wanted to. I've always wanted to play major league baseball, but I knew how difficult it was to get there, and I I knew the percentages weren't working in my favor. So I knew I needed to focus on a backup plan and that backup plan was becoming a dentist. Uh, my mother was a dental hygienist for 40 years. Uh, my sister went to school um, to be a dental assistant. Um, so I, was, I had the idea of making like a, a family practice out of it. So that was my intention initially. Um, and then I, I started uh, to play college baseball and I remember I, I told myself and, and I, what I saw was if I wanted to play at the next level, I had to separate myself from the pack and how to do that was to somehow gain velocity. And uh, that kind of hit me um, going into my, my third year at Wayne state. Very cool. Yeah. Hunter, same question for you. Also for Michigan, ironically, and looking at your stats, a pretty solid two way player. What brought you to Wayne state? Yeah. I mean, um, a little bit of, of what, uh, Anthony pointed out too was uh, I actually I had an offer to Eastern Michigan and, and Wayne State a couple um, couple D three schools sprinkled in um, those were more on the on the two way front and then um, my first opportunity from Eastern was to be like a bullpen catcher my my first year and uh, you know Coach Kelly the head coach at Wayne State took me around campus like like Anthony said I was super comfortable there really really liked the campus and. You know they wanted me to be a pitcher and and potentially be able to uh, to log some innings for them as a freshman. So 
you know, as the 17 year old kid, I was, that sounded a lot better than kind of practicing for a whole year. So I jumped on that opportunity. Um, you know, Wayne State was, was really close. I kind of always thought I was going to go there for school anyway. So it kind of just, uh, kind of all worked out. Um, and yeah, that was, uh, that's how I ended up there. And then, you know, same thing like, like, uh, Anthony pointed out too, as well as kind of as a division two pitcher, you know, you can, you, you might be able to light up the stat sheets a little bit, but you have to do something to, to separate yourself and, and kind of the same thing. I focus a lot on, uh, my velocity, my, uh, end of my sophomore year. And, um, yeah, I played some summer ball and focused on that while, while I was doing that, came back in, in my junior year and, and saw a velo spike and was able to, uh, to play professional baseball after that. that that's what's kind of cool. And you kind of both are touching on it that it was after, you know, your second, third year that you realized about the velocity and separating yourself. Um, not only you're both from Wayne state, not only did you both reach the big leagues, but you're both fifth rounders, I believe, right? Like I, there's just all these cool ties that I think are really cool. So for both of you and, and Hunter, we could start with you this time. When did you realize there was actual MLB draft buzz and that, okay, there, there may be something, because it's not like at Vanderbilt, there's scouts in the stands every game, right? At D2, it's not like that until there's a reason to be. So when did you realize that and, and how were you able to handle it once you did realize, well, these, there's a lot of people coming to see me? Yeah. Um, well, first thing about the about the fifth round stuff, Anthony did get picked one pick higher than me in his draft. So he still is the king of Wayne State in that sense. So I got to give him his his props there. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it was probably my sophomore year summer. I was playing in the uh, in the Cal Ripken League. I didn't really have a, a great freshman or sophomore year at Wayne State. You know, I was just, I was starting here and there, some bullpen stuff. But I put together a really good summer my sophomore year, and after that um, season ended in the in the Cal Ripken League, I, I got onto a temp contract in in Cape Cod. So I was only there for ten days, but you know, just surrounding myself with with the talent that the Cape brings every year, it was kind of where that was brought to my attention. Like, hey, okay, I'm I'm in the realm of you know looking at potentially being drafted. So. Was it was was it stressful? Did you feel an urge to to pitch better, or did, were you able to just keep going with what you were doing? Well, it was kind of a perfect storm of things that happened. We had um, Jared Toby. He was uh, he was a senior my sophomore year or junior, yeah, senior my sophomore year, and he was kind of the ace and led the team. And then he ended up getting drafted by the Tigers and 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 moved on. So there was really kind of a a hole open for for somebody to, you know, take over the, the Friday starter role. And, um, you know, like I said, I wasn't really a full-time starter ever at this point, but I, I knew that that opportunity was there. And I, uh, I just tried to take advantage of that. And then once, once, uh, I pitch in a couple of games, flash some good numbers, the scouts start, start rolling out. So I would say probably, um, yeah, right at the beginning of, of my junior season was when I started really feeling like, you know, the scouts were coming out and I, and I had an opportunity to, to pave the way to, to get drafted. What do you remember about draft day? Well, so draft day was, was just, was awesome. I mean, I knew I wasn't going on day one. That's, you know, first and second round. So I was kind of, I was kind of prepared for day two. Um, had a couple calls, was kind of just sitting there. I actually it was, is funny story. I didn't, I thought I was going to get drafted to the Giants in the sixth round. And then 
they were only like maybe three or four picks after the Astros in, in my year's draft. And, uh, yeah, my name just kind of popped up on the screen and, and it said that the Astros had selected me. So I didn't really even know at the time, but I was still, uh, I was still paying attention. So it was cool to see. Anthony, how about, how about you going back to the, when you realized there was draft buzz? It's, it's a very similar story to Hunter. I was playing college summer ball in Northern California in 2007. And there was a radar gun up on the right field wall. And all summer, I was anywhere from 89 to 92 miles an hour, like every other right-handed pitcher in Division II baseball and Division One. And I remember saying to myself, if I, if I want to play at the next level, I got to um, – I got to throw harder. I have to. And sure enough, that was the year that Tim Linsko made his debut with the San Francisco Giants. So I started watching him pitch and I started implementing his delivery into mine, adding a little bit more of a coil, generating some more torque in my body. And I remember the first outing where I actually um, pitched like Tim Linscombe. Um, I came in the dugout after striking out, I think, two of the three batters in the first inning and Everyone was on the top step saying, hey, do you know how fast you threw? And I said, no, I didn't look at the board. And they're like, you didn't throw a fastball below 94 miles an hour. And I was like, no way. And they're like, we think you're onto something. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it, right? So they started getting some buzz from, from me, you know, throwing 94 miles an hour, especially at a Division II level. And that carried into fall ball where um, I, I threw in front of a group of scouts. I think there's a dozen of them. We have a scout day every, every fall at Wayne State. And then uh, usually when you're done, um, whatever scouts are interested in you will hand you a questionnaire. Um, I remember my coach, when I was done pitching in front of the scouts, handed me all 12 envelopes and says, you need to fill all these out. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a first for me, you know. Um, so obviously it just carried on into the season, more and more attention. And then um, the draft came and uh, I didn't know where I was going to go. I had an advisor at the time who had mentioned that uh, top 10 rounds is, is very realistic, um, but I didn't know where. So when the draft day came, he told me there was a handful of teams, about three teams, thinking about taking me in the fourth. And then as each round progressed, more and more teams uh, were interested. So when the fifth round came, um, I actually um, got drafted by San Diego, and that kind of threw me off because they kind of showed the least amount of interest, uh, according to my advisor, kind of like what Hunter said, kind of threw me threw me uh, by surprise. But uh, when that phone call came and I saw my, my name pop up on the screen, um, I was really excited. And I had my family at the house and, and my coaches were there. Coach Ryan Kelly, who uh, coached uh, Hunter, who was at my house as well. So it was a really special moment and, and one I'll never forget. That's awesome. Last week, we had a couple guys from Ferris State on the show, Ferris State football, that is, and one said that he loved Division II athletics because the student-athletes are gritty. You have to be gritty to get as far as you both have. Did you both find yourselves playing with a chip on your shoulder, kind of having to prove you belonged? Anthony, maybe start with you on that one. Uh, a chip on my shoulder? Um, I never had that, honestly. Like, I never had any animosity that I didn't play division one baseball it, it was I, I lived in the moment and I, I enjoyed playing at Wayne State but uh, I knew I wouldn't get the same type of um, you know recognition or attention if I were to play at a big SEC school for example or a Pac-10 school so I knew if I wanted to play at the next level 
I had to do something different. And the only way to do that is really is to, to start throwing harder in baseball. That's, that's number one. And when you start striking out a lot of people too, that's going to grab attention of scouts. So um, I didn't, I, I honestly, when I was at Wayne state, I focused on winning baseball games. My, my goal was to go to the college world series and, and we came a game short of it, unfortunately, but um, I've always been a, a, very much so a team player and, and I wasn't focused on the draft when I was playing. Um, my, my goal was to win a, a college world series. Hunter, how about you? Same sort of feeling or any different? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, um, being at a, at a D2 school, uh, probably anywhere in the country, just based on things like, like budget and attention, um, kind of gives you that, that gritty aspect, but there's a lot of things that because of that, I'm, I'm really thankful for, like, um, looking back on, you know, I would probably compare it to, let's say Vanderbilt's going to play UCLA or something, they would fly there. Well, we would go to Florida on a bus and bus down there, um, you know, which is 20 something hours. But that's something that I, that I was thankful for because you don't, you know, those are times that you can look back on with, with your buddies and, and teammates and stuff that, that you probably wouldn't have had that opportunity to get as close with as many people. On, a, on an athletic sense, I didn't really feel – uh, a chip on my shoulder because of um, because of the school I went to is more so just wanted to show people that I could play too you know and that was more so like like Anthony says that comes later after kind of your season's done while you while you're in school you know you're you're trying to win a GLIAC championship for us and and you know get to the regional and, and get out of the regional and go to the World Series and you know being being a starting pitcher um, you, you don't get as many opportunities as maybe the guy who's playing shortstop and hitting the top of the lineup. So, you know, you kind of, that, that grid, I guess, like, like you're asking about could, could come through in that sense. But, um, yeah, for the most part, I wouldn't say it, it creates a chip on your shoulder as you progress. It's more so just, um, your overall competitiveness. You kind of talk about those bus rides and how, you know, you got to, you remember hanging out with the teammates, but that's your teammates. But I mean, obviously, you know, Anthony's draft pick where he went, is it, is it like a Wayne state family? Like, did you guys, when, when Hunter got drafted, did you realize he went to Wayne state? Like, did you know that there was possibly this Wayne state guy coming up in the draft, Anthony? Yeah, I stay pretty uh, tied in with what's going on at Wayne state. So when I left, I would keep up with who they're playing what the record was, I would text uh, Coach Ryan Kelly quite a bit and and ask him, you know, who do you have this year that's got a chance to play at the next level? And he mentioned Hunter Brown um, to me, you know, years ago, and uh, he was mentioning how his fastball is creeping up to close to 100 miles an hour. And I was like, first off, I go, why is he? Why is he at Wayne State? Um, why the kid throwing 100 miles an hour, close to 100 miles, 100 miles an hour? Sorry. Why is he there? You know, why is it, you know, a division one program? So coach Ryan Kelly kind of filled me in on, on Hunter's story, but yeah, I'm very much tied into um, the program and what's going on. You know, they gave me an opportunity to continue to play. And I'm very grateful for that. And uh, I like to get back any way I can and uh, very just um, proud of, of the program. And as far as how far they've come, um, even the time that I've been there and even the facilities, have gotten a lot better too, but uh, there was, I was hoping Hunter was drafted way higher than me. Um, I, I don't have any type of chip saying like, I'm not gonna hold a chip saying 
that I was drafted higher than you. Like, I, I don't care about that. Um, I was hoping that he would beat me. Yeah. <laughs> Get some more money in his pocket. <laughs> but you and another cool thing about you guys is right, like Anthony, you we've had Josiah Gray on in the past, and now we have Hunter here, but you've put together this long career, right? Like you're showing it's not just quick into the league and quick out. Like you put together this 11 year career. Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, Hunter, you maybe have like 11 appearances, right? Like he, your window is so small. But he's got a he World Series like, ring. <laughs> and a lot of stuff, right? Like that carries you know, a lot of weight. It's crazy because Anthony wasn't a pro, uh, a prospect or or in the minor leagues that long ago, but the prospect coverage has changed tremendously, right? Like it's everywhere, and and here you are, you were the top Astros prospect, right? You you had these everyone talked about your curveball and your fastball, and then you became a top one hundred prospect. Then you're out there with Justin Verlander throwing a combined no hitter and winning a World Series. Did you ever like? Did that over, ever kind of overwhelm you at, at any point, or were you able to just keep focus and stay on the on the right track the the whole rookie year? Um, I, I wish I could say that it didn't ever creep in my mind, but yeah, there's <laughs> obviously plenty of times where I had to be where my feet are, you know, and and I would say probably after the World Series, it it, it creeped in on me a little bit more, like oh my gosh, what a just an unbelievable year, you know, and so so grateful for everything that happened but but like you said you know I maybe spent two months eight or nine weeks in in the big leagues and um so things things happened pretty quickly but you know I was in I was I was also blessed to be in the clubhouse that I was when obviously we we were able to win the world series but I mean just the overall leadership aspect that that was in that clubhouse I know you mentioned to uh Justin Verlander but I actually got a chance to spend a lot of time in the bullpen after um, my first two starts and, you know, Ryan Presley, Ryan Stanek, um, Hector Neris. I mean, there is just the, the bullpen was just so crucial for me to be able to, to stay locked in for, for what was happening because, you know, pitching in Yankee stadium or pitching in, um, in Seattle for their first playoff game in, in 20 something years, you know, this is, it's quite a different atmosphere than, um, you know, maybe pitching on a Wednesday game in Triple A, even you know, it's just it's a there's a lot of things that that go on, but you know, you, you those guys help keep you grounded and and understand what your what your overall goal as a team is to win a World Series, and then the the goal for yourself is to is to go out there and do your job. So, um, they they made it they made it really easy on me, and um, honestly, a lot of that stems from uh, you know being at Wayne State. Like, there's nothing even in college, there's nothing handed out. Like I said, you know, I didn't, I didn't have quite a successful freshman and, and sophomore year in, in terms of, of numbers, but um, just getting better and, and understanding that, you know, if you put the work and the time in that, that you can really do something special. Mm -hmm. Anthony, you, he, he mentioned a couple of pitchers that he was able to get close with. Do you remember, you know, back when, in, when you were in the big leagues, not so much the minor leagues, but like who were some of those first pitchers were that kind of, you were able to connect with and, and, and like took you under your wing kind of. Yeah. Uh, Heath Bell um, oh, in yeah. San Diego. All, I think it was three-time all-star closer. Him, Mike Adams, and Luke Gregerson. Uh, those were the big three that I really clicked with in the bullpen with San Diego that showed me how to prepare at the major league level, how to take care of yourself at the major league level, and also how to have fun at the major league level. Um, those were the three guys that mentored me the most, uh, the first few years when I was up with, with, uh, the Padres. 
And uh, it's pretty cool to be in a position that I'm in now to kind of be that for the next generation coming up. And I'm really enjoying that. And, and who knows, um, post-playing days, uh, if that's something that uh, I might be interested in, in doing is, is coaching. And Anthony, like we mentioned, not only did you make it, but you're still playing, still going, an 11-year career already in the books. And statistically speaking, you've gotten better as you've aged. You don't look like you've aged, though. Not not a bit. So uh, <laughs> hopefully a, a couple more years left, too. How would you do it? What would you tell the young D2 pitcher now that you got this far? Yeah, the biggest adjustment that I've made at the major league level, and for you too, Hunter, which I think you've already kind of got it uh, – under wraps, but not giving the hitters more credit than they deserve. I did that a lot when I was young in the major leagues. Guys would step in the box and they would have a huge resume of success. And I would pitch to them almost scared. I would try to nitpick, try to pitch on the edges of the strike zone. And that's not the case. Uh, if you look at watch hitters take batting practice, the big hitters, you can throw pitches down the middle and they'll still miss hit them. They'll pop up to center field. So knowing that and knowing uh, just from listening to hitters, how hard it is to hit a baseball, I started to throw, I told myself, throw more strikes. I've got good enough stuff to attack the strike zone. And that's what's really allowed me to continue to have success uh, at this late of a stage of my career is that I'm, I'm not uh, afraid to go after any hitter at the major league level now, like when I was when I was younger. That, that's a that's a good lead into the next question because I want to I want to talk about both of your stuff because it, obviously we already touched on the fact that that Hunter the early reports were that he was hitting hundred miles an hour so everybody knows about that fastball so we'll start with you Hunter. What pitch gave you the hardest time mastering like up until now? And then just talk a little bit about how you attack a hitter. Like what, what, what's your strikeout pitch? Do you have one or do you, or do you feel comfortable throwing anything anywhere in the count? Well, I don't think there's, there's any true mastery uh, <laughs> that I have of anything yet. Um, you know, it changes on any given day, but for me, it, it was my slider, which is um, it's essentially like a, like a big, hard cutter or I don't know how you know it's kind of a cross between a cutter and a slider um it doesn't it doesn't have depth but given my arm slot and, and throwing a fastball and a curveball you know getting something to move glove side horizontally was was a struggle for me um and actually I got helped out um by the by the COVID season so that was my that would have been my first full season in the minor leagues but you know, we didn't report anywhere. I didn't, um, I didn't go to the alt site that they, that they had. So I was kind of, I was kind of just on my own and, and talking with coaches over video and, and things like that and training with, uh, with other pro guys in the area. And it gave me an opportunity to, to really try and hone in on, on that third pitch for me. Cause you know, the, the slider I threw in college did not have the same success when I got to to even rookie ball. Um, you know, my curveball was, was still playing well. And so was my fastball, but my slider was not, was not doing that well. So it was something that I knew that I needed, especially if I wanted, you know, to be a starter in the big leagues, you can't, not can, I shouldn't say, but it's very difficult to do with two pitches, especially, um, you know, I'm not, a, not a huge pinpoint location guy. Um, 
so I, that was that was definitely the number one pitch that I worked on over over the last couple of years and gave me the gave me the hardest time. Anthony, how about for you? Uh, my best weapon is my slider. Um, so so hunters create trying to create a slider that has more horizontal sweep to it, where where I get a lot of uh, swing and miss on the depth of the pitch. So I use that a lot against um, both lefties and righties. And then I um, have another, I have a two seam fastball I throw off of it. So I, I rely more on, on late movement than uh, essentially just velocity. I throw, you know, my average fastball is not slow. I average 95 miles an hour, but uh, there's plenty of guys who throw harder than I do. But uh, from what the hitters say that, that my two seam um, moves very late, it, it, it barrels in on their, on their bats and uh, it's hard. And then I kind of uh, throw my slider off of that pitch that goes down and away. So I'm creating um, two different directions, one coming into a righty, one going down away. And then with a lefty, um, I throw that, that slider down on the plate. And then I, I try to throw my four-seam fastball at the top of the zone so they swing um, underneath it. Uh, try to get weak fly ball or swing and miss with that pitch. Those are my two, two best bullets. Uh, and then I also have a split-finger fastball that I'll mix into mainly lefties. Um, just to uh, slow things down a little bit and, and kind of hopefully get them out front. But uh, yeah, so righties, I, I usually pitch a lot arm side, inside with my fastball, slider down the way, lefties, four seamers at the top, sliders down on the plate and, and my split arm side down the way. So I'm trying to create um, a lot of different uh, zones for them to cover. Um, and I've had some success doing that. Bethany, you know, that's the stuff I love. I love when when pitchers geek out on on how they pitch. It's my favorite thing: glove side, arm side, depth. I love hearing all of that. Because... You know, I I know you do, and I was actually thinking about that because I'm I'm gonna ask now the kind of soft hearted question. I'm gonna go a little off off topic here. And Anthony, I see you kind of shushing some kids who, who I think are some kids there uh, in the room. So just talk about how you're able to handle manage you know such an unconventional life and schedule with a family as well. That's, that's the hardest part when you get older in the game is missing out on a lot of precious moments uh, in your kids' lives and, and your nieces and nephews. It's really hard. Um, so I understand why guys later in their careers call, call it a quit, right? Um, you know, they've, they've done well for themselves. They set themselves up in their family uh, for the, hopefully for the rest of their lives. And it's now time to turn your focus now on your children. So um I don't know how much longer I'm going to play for. Um, hopefully a few more years. I think I got a few more years in me and my body feel, still feels great. Um, but I don't want to miss out on, on too many more moments, especially as, as they get older, they start understanding, um, you know, dad not being there. So um, I want to be a father and, and be home for them. Absolutely. And the great thing about D2 baseball players and the pros is that every appearance you make, they're always mentioning where you're from. After a few years, no one really cares about who went to the SEC or played in the ACC, but they'll always mention that small town Wayne State story, and I don't think it'll ever get old. Do you guys ever think about that, that you kind of carry the torch, the small college baseball player? And what does that mean to you, Hunter? Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to um... – I don't know if it inspires is the right word, but I knew that when I was in college, like one of my, one of my things was that I wanted to get drafted and, you know, I, whether it was teammates or, or people around and saying how, how difficult that might be out of, out of Wayne state or a division two program, you know, I looked at 
they have guys like like Anthony, you know, who who had done it before and have shown that that it's doable. And um, yeah, I mean, they're all over. Like our our center fielder Chaz McCormick, you know, he was a D two guy in the uh, in the PSAC, I believe, was the conference. But yeah. so you know, they, they, yeah, that's right. Yep. So you know, there, you know, there's there's guys all over the place, and and it's a it's a tight knit group, and and there's a little bit fewer of us, but. Um, it definitely feels good to be a part of that. For sure. How about you, Anthony? I mean, I, I mean, I enjoyed my story. I wouldn't change a thing about it. Um, it's it's really made me appreciate a lot of different levels that I've reached uh, in major league or in professional baseball. And and just one story, real quick. Uh, I remember my first year in pro ball. Um, I was just ecstatic playing in front of thousands of people in this dump of a stadium that is now no longer there, burned down, but it was in Eugene, Oregon. And <clears throat> there were players from bigger programs that uh, I, I heard them and they were complaining about the facilities and, and what they, is a, is a big step down. And uh, to come from a division two program that didn't have all the um, bells and whistles, if you want to call it that, I appreciated everything more. So I enjoyed and embraced the moment where I was. And I think that really helped me uh, climb the ladder and uh, not get caught up in, in some of the negatives of, of playing minor league baseball. And uh, I attribute that to just, um, you know, getting the opportunity to play at a, a smaller program. But now the program's, um, you know, well-known in, in Michigan, in the Detroit area. And uh, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, that is awesome. What do you both remember about that first day when you got the call and you're like, holy cow, I'm a big leaguer. Uh, Hunter, you first, because it's more recent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were in uh, we were in, in Las Vegas and I had been been starting and doing tandems, like back end tandems for, for the whole year. And, and my manager before the game, I was scheduled to be a back end tandem. And, and he came up to me and said that I was uh, – I was just going to pitch out of the bullpen like a, just a true reliever. And I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, it was the end of August. I knew September call-ups were around the corner. And I kind of thought to myself, maybe this is, a, you know, a, a test to see if I can handle a different role. And then, um, you know, I pitched in that game. And and then I got into the clubhouse. And, and my manager, Mickey Story, called me into his office and, he actually he he's he's one of my favorites uh he he kind of played a joke on me he acted like he he was mad at me and that he needed to needed to talk to me and I got in there and he was all smiles and said that I, I was going to the big league so that was uh took you know it, it was perfect it really couldn't have been any better that is awesome Anthony how about you funny you say Mickey story because I played against him in double a so I know, I know Mickey quite well so I know I'm getting he's older a man. When, uh, when he's managing Hunter. Um, <laughs> I was in double A in the Texas League uh, in San Antonio. And the manager, Doug DeCenzo, called me in the office. I was scheduled to start that night. And he said, you're not starting tonight. And I said, what happened? He said, we don't like this matchup for you. And uh, we were playing Frisco, and I beat him my last outing. So I was so confused, right? Um, why am I not pitching against him I just beat? And he said, uh, we like your matchup against the Rockies more. And then I was like, wait, what? And he's like, you're That's pitching awesome. against, you're starting against the Rockies tomorrow night in Denver. And I was like, you got, you're kidding me, right? And he just, you know, shook my hand, gave me a hug. And then the pitching coach came in 
hitting coach came in, they all gave me hugs. And then I remember I couldn't, I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep for the next 24 hours leading up to my start. I was just so anxious, so much anxiety. Um, and I, I knew uh, I had a friend of mine who was pitching in the major leagues at the time named JJ puts who had texted me and he said, because uh, uh, Colorado can be a tough place to pitch if you're not hydrated. So I just remember just pounding water leading up to that start. And then, and then it, it you know, that game um, started and uh, it, it went so fast. The next thing I know it, you know, I went five innings and I was taken out and you know, we won the game. So that was really cool. And uh, I got sent down after the game and uh, Heath Bell, who I mentioned earlier, uh, told me in the clubhouse, he's like, you'll be back in two weeks. I'm like, why do you say that? He goes, I've been around long enough, I know. And sure enough, two weeks later, I got called back and, and finished the year with the Padres. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you guys get chills? Because I just got chills from you telling <laughs> the <this> story. <laughs> uh, I was going okay. to say, Anthony sent me a, sent me a text. I had, had a lot of the same things, a lot of anxiety. I think I maybe slept for maybe two hours the night before my debut. And then uh, – yeah, Anthony shot me a very nice text, and and it kind of it did calm me down, and 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 allowed me to uh, to be present and enjoy the moment. Okay, so I hope you're both ready because just because you made it to the big leagues, you still have to face the D two Nation hot seat. Um, we're gonna get ask you just some rapid fire fun questions to close out the show. So, uh, Bethany, normally you start, but I'm gonna start this week. Uh, Hunter, you first. What's the best baseball movie of all time? Oh, Bull Durham. <laughs> nice. Anthony? Major League. Nice. I like it. Who was your favorite baseball player growing up, and have you been able to meet or play with or against them? Hunter? Yeah, uh, I was his teammate, Justin Verlander. <laughs> um, it was pretty – it was pretty much as cool as it gets on that front. Um just yeah, an awesome year. He's an awesome guy. Great, great leader. Obviously, an incredible competitor. Uh, great teammate. And yeah, I was very, very fortunate to uh, get a chance to to interact with him this year. Mine was uh, Cal Ripken Jr. And uh, I didn't play against Cal, but I got a chance to play catch with Cal and catch his uh, first pitch when I was in AAA in 2014 with uh, the Oklahoma City Redbirds when I was with Houston. That was really cool. That is really cool. Um, is there one hitter or lineup? Uh, Anthony probably has more experience here because you face so little, but is there one hitter or lineup specifically you just can't stand facing that is just your ultimate thorn in your side? Oh, yeah. You know, Mike Trout knows he has my number. <laughs> he uh, he sent me a jersey. Number I, <laughs> I sent a jersey to him to sign for me, and he, he put two Anthony. He goes, I always enjoy our, our matchups. I'm like, I know you do because you've won most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, have you found somebody yet? Um, there, I, I really just did not enjoy pitching against the Oklahoma City Dodgers, AAA of the of the Dodgers. They just are. I mean, usually they have about four or five big leaguers, whether they're you know just guys that are um, not on the forty man or you know free agent deals, older or whatever. But uh, yeah, like at the beginning of the year, they had Kevin Pillar, Jake Lamb. Um, and they obviously had their their you know top prospects in there too. So it's a it was a difficult lineup this year. Um, yeah, I did. I was not. I didn't really. I was. I looked forward to playing them to try and get them, but it, I always knew it was going to be a dogfight out there. 
what is on your Spotify or Apple playlist to get pumped up for a game? So I, I listen to, yeah, I listen to the same three songs on repeat. Um, I listen to, uh, listen to some Metallica, uh, Enter Sandman. I listen to uh, the White Stripes that are on there. And then um, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, those are my three songs that, that I pretty much. Songs right there. You have, you've got to be pumped up listening to that music right yeah, there. Yeah, my, uh, my whole pregame routine, those are the same, same three on repeat. Nice. Okay. You know, I've, I've, I've been digging uh, the country artist Hardy a lot lately. So I've been uh, listening to uh, his music a lot, especially before the game. As a reliever, there's no really like routine or schedule. So whatever the uh, clubhouse is playing is what I'm listening to. And, and the Jays guys, they love their, uh, their techno house music. So a lot of bass is in my head before the game. Do you have a? Do you come into a song when you're a reliever, or is that just for closing? Yeah, yeah. My my song this year was "Next Episode" by Dr. Dre. Nice, that's a good one. The fans seem to like it. <laughs> um, okay, for both of you, uh, if you could sit down and talk baseball with any Hall of Famer, who would it be? Wow, that's a good one, right? <laughs> hmm. Anthony, you take you take this one, yeah. I would say for me, being a reliever and and closing some games at the major level, I would love to just have one on one with Mariano Rivera. He's my all time favorite pitcher, and uh, pitching at the back end of a game at the major levels is, is a whole different animal. So to be able to pick his brain and to talk to him about his routine uh, would really benefit me. So I, I would pick Mariano Rivera. Good one. Yeah, I would probably I'd probably go with Nolan Ryan. Um, I mean, he just did it for so long, so many different teams and circumstances. And I mean, he's pretty much he's pretty much been there and done that and everything. So I think I would I would like to talk to him. Have you watched the uh, documentary on him on Netflix? It's really good. I think it's called the the- Fastball. Oh, yeah, that. that Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's a good one. If you weren't a baseball player, what would you be doing? Anthony, don't say dentist. <laughs> I wouldn't be a dentist. If I wasn't playing baseball, I think I would do something with coaching. Uh, I don't know what level of coaching I would do, but I love the game of baseball. I like giving back. Um, maybe a pitching coach, uh, maybe a college pitching coach. I could see me doing that. Like it. I would be. I would probably do something uh, that something working with my hands. I wouldn't. I'm not really an office guy, so I would probably either go like the construction or uh, electrician route. Um, that's something that, that would interest me, different different uh, scenarios all the time. Okay, okay. So this is the debate that seems to always be in the world of baseball. So we'll close out the show with this very, very important question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, it's a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Hunter. A hot dog's a hot dog. It's not a sandwich. I 100% agree. My first year at the College World Series, I had this debate, and the the winning vote was that it's a it's a sandwich, and I just don't understand how it could possibly be a sandwich. No, I, I I'm with you. There's no way. <laughs> so, so I have a question for 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 Wayne and Bethany before we close this out. You're on the hot seat. Okay, I like it. One gift underneath the Christmas tree this year. What what do you want? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. 
Um, that is a tough one. Okay, I got one. All right, Bethany, you go first. Um, I just want a new air fryer because mine broke and air fryers are literally life-changing. If you don't have one, you have to get one. I think my parents are getting me one because they know mine broke. So I hope so anyway. I like that. I've heard they're amazing. You need to get yeah. one. Especially with kids, you can throw in some like uh, nuggets, fries. It's amazing. Yeah, chicken nugget, air fryered chicken nuggets are, I have a six-year-old. It's a game changer. Your whole life, you'll see life in different colors. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually, this is kind of corny, but obviously, you know, behind the scenes, we just experienced this, but there's this little podcasting thing. It's like, it's only like $110 and, it, and its whole tagline is sound like a pro for $110 and you could plug in all these sounds to it and, and make yourself a pro. And, and uh, honestly, that's what I would like because I'm, one of my favorite nights of the week is hanging out with Bethany and, and doing this show and just to upgrade upgrade our ourselves a little bit i think would be really fun that's awesome you can't even get 45 minutes you got to slow your walk <laughs> <laughs> all right well gentlemen thank you so much for joining us hopefully you get a little rest this off season before spring training gets rolling but we really appreciate you taking some time with us tonight yeah thanks for having me yeah absolutely Bethany wayne thanks for having us go warriors have a merry christmas yeah and remember d2 nation before we go we need your support so check us out everywhere podcasts are available and on youtube and while you're at it give us a like we'll see you next week on the d2 nation